business, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help you not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a profit and business strategist on a mission. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability and guides your growth. I want to share some strategies that I've earned and learned on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. So I'm excited to have my guest on today, Bob Wheeler. He is a man of true integrity and with an infectious energy. Uh, Bob offers a simple and effective method for creating a healthy relationship with money. A popular radio show and podcast guest, Bob also hosts his own weekly podcast, Money You Should Ask, where he shares concepts of personal finance and invites guests to share their personal financial journey. Bob conducts numerous radical abundance and money, or excuse me, Bob conducts, yeah, numerous radical abundance and money at its core seminars internationally and across the U.S. Bob is a core energetics and radical aliveness practitioner. Very interested to learn more about that. His crusade for holistic personal growth has cross-pollinated with his accounting practice to deliver a new approach to personal finance. Bob explores the emotions surrounding money management in his book, The Money Nerve, Navigating the Emotions of Money. His passion is to help others gain insight into why their emotions trigger their financial decisions. Big question. While building his accounting practice, Bob Wheeler simultaneously pursued his satire and venture into the realm of stand-up comedy. Blending his wittiness with 25 years of helping clients, Bob's approach to money integrates warmth and humor. He shares his budgeting directives with a liberal dose of inspiration and motivation to anyone with monetary concerns. In addition to a CPA practice, Bob is also the CFO of the world famous comedy store in West Hollywood and La Jolla, California. Bob's a graduate of Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee, and he, his world travels have led him to all points on the globe, especially with those with high altitude. Wow, Bob, you're amazing. He climbed Africa's Mount Kilimanjaro and ascended 20, over 17,000 feet in Nepal to Mount Everest base camp and reached the summit of several other small mountains in between. Bob's experience on the road and his personal struggles and assisting clients in the office have inspired him to assist others. Bob's witty and non-judgmental approach to personal um, finance provides guidance to anyone who wants to create a path to new financial freedom. Wow, you're amazing, Bob. Welcome wow, to the Wow, who podcast. is that guy? No. God, <laughs> <laughs> can I meet him, right? <laughs> That's fantastic. You have such a wealth of experiences and you sprinkle humor all around it. And, and I just love that you're a kindred soul to me. You've got this analytical CPA tile, uh, style. You've got the comedy store over here, which is pure joy and, and, and creativity. And then it sounds like you probably sprinkle a little bit of that ADD over you as well, right? <laughs> exactly. We all need a little ADD to keep us on our toes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. Wow. What what world experiences you have? So I'm I'm totally fascinated um, about how you use the um, the the holistic side to help people manage their money and their finances. Yeah, well, you know, what happened was I would sit there and give people very practical advice and they would go out and do the exact opposite. (laughs) 
Exactly. Okay, wait a minute. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty clear. And this happened a lot. And a lot of my tax meetings turned into therapy sessions. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of creative folks. And it really got me thinking. And at the same time, I was exploring my own self-sabotage with finance because I had a CPA title and I was just sabotaging left and right. And, and so I really got curious about myself and started exploring that with clients and saying, hey, what's, what did your parents tell you about money? What's your belief about yourself? Do you think you can actually succeed or are you just going through the motions? And as we started to uncover things, it just it made so much sense to really connect with what's, what's my backstory, what's my lineage, what are my beliefs, what are my blocks, so that we can then actually look at the financial stuff and be aware that there's these triggers that are going to come in and try and get us off course. That's amazing. And, and you know what? It is very much a common situation that people self-sabotage themselves when they come to money. You know, they, they, they make it and then they blow it, right? You know, they, they've had a great year and then they go buy the, the new car or, yeah. you know, the next greatest thing. And that's the, not always the best thing that they can do with it. So how do you, how do you work with them? How do you get them to, to realize that these are the mistakes and then what kind of, what kind of steps do you lead them on? Yeah. So the first thing I ask people is, are you willing to get uncomfortable and are you willing to do the work? <laughs> and some people will like straight up forward say, no, <laughs> and I'm like, no, okay, we're done. Thank you. <laughs> Go in peace. Um, because we have to be willing to get uncomfortable and look at that stuff because it's been sitting there for a long time, stagnating, and we need to sort of bring it up so we can flush it out or get to know it and be like, oh, there's, hey, voice, hey, under voice that likes to come in and self-sabotage. So that's the first thing I do is I say, are you willing to look at this? And, and then I check in with them. How are the ways you're going to self-sabotage? What are you going to do to take this business and ruin it? How are you not going to show up for yourself? So I ask all those things and, oh yeah, I'll probably be shy and I won't take initiative or I'll tell myself it never will work. And so we start to explore all that and decide if we want to let it go um, or at least be aware that it's over there and say, thank you. You must've served me in the past, but uh, I'd like to do something different now. And so just to get really comfortable with, with those under voices that keep appearing and trying to take us off course. Once we can start to really get a sense of, oh, that's my parents talking to me. Oh, that's the religious organization I grew up in. Oh, that's the culture I grew up in. Mm. And then we decide is that truth or a belief so that we can then move past, oh, that's just a belief. So we can find a new belief or, oh, that is the truth. From there, we can then start to decide what's the best path forward. Um, and, and when I work with people, I start, we work on budgets, we talk about spending habits, starting to make intentional choice and being conscious of, is what I'm doing right now serving and is it in alignment with what I say that I want? Wow, that's, that's, you hit so many different things on there that are like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. And, and in my practice, the same thing happens is there, the first thing you have to do is create awareness. You right. have to be able to look at what you're doing. And when I go through with my clients, because we're both on the money side and we go into that budget and they're like, oh, really? I, I spent on that? What do you mean I have this? <laughs> uh, those subscriptions, um, do I really need, is this money moving me forward? Is this expense moving me forward in it? And that those ahas are just 
amazing because people spend unconsciously. We do. And here's the thing. We have to keep checking in with that. Like myself, I was, you know, I'm not paying attention because I've been on top of everything and then find out that this free iPad that I got, um, I've been paying $45 a month and I was in it for a year. And I thought, well, that wasn't free, <laughs> but I didn't pay attention. I wasn't looking at the bill because things are good. Money's rolling in. I've got more, you know, income than expense. And I, I just, so I even have to, like, none of us get to stop and go, I'm done forever. We have to keep checking in. Exactly, exactly. And those kind of expenses add up, right? And so yeah. if you're looking to improve your bottom line and the profit that you're going to bring in, you've got to look consciously at those expenses that you're having and even the income sources. So, um, so talk to me about um, one of the directions or the main direction that people can do to get back on track once they realize that these situations have gone on? Yeah, I think the first two things to really get aware of uh, is how am I spending my money? What am I spending? Am I spending impulsively or am I doing it consciously? So just to start to have awareness, oh, that's right. Every time I go to the grocery store, I don't take a list and I go when I'm hungry. Bad, <laughs> bad ideas, right? <laughs> don't do that. Um, am I impulse buying a lot? Or am I sticking to a list? Like I love lists. If it's not on the list, it doesn't go in the cart. Uh, so that's one thing, being aware of that. The second thing is um, looking at my savings. Am I saving money um, or am I just comfortable with? So I think so many people are comfortable with $100 in my bank account, not overdrawn, 10,000. And then if it gets above that, oh, spend the money and get it right back to my comfort zone. And that's what we oh. tend to do. It's like, oh, I can't have more than that. And so really looking at spending, um, I guess there's a third piece too that is really is, am I accumulating debt? Uh, because sometimes we go, oh, I just put on a credit card and I'll pay it off and I get miles. I get, I get awards right? and you have lots of debt. <laughs> right, right. You know, because they're not zero balancing that each month, even though right. they're, because you can utilize other people's money and, yeah. and spend on the credit cards, but you have to pay them off each month. You then do. you're getting free use of those miles. But if you That's keep right. that balance, it, you know, cha-ching's up there and those miles aren't free, right? They're not free. And that's the thing. It's great to use other people's money when it's working for you and you're doing it smart. You know, I had a client, they had $100,000 worth of credit card debt and all kind of car debt and all this stuff. And they had a house. And I looked at them and I said, you know what? We could get you a line of equity, home equity line. At the time that was tax deductible and which is not now. And so we borrowed the money, paid off all the stuff. I saw him a year later. I said, how are things going? He said, well, we're now still in $100,000 worth of credit card debt because, well, we had an emergency. We needed to travel to Europe and then we needed a new car. And, and I said, wow, if I'd known that you were going to double your debt, I would have never helped you uh, because all you did was double the debt. I was actually trying to get you out of debt, <laughs> right? And they created all these emergencies like I have to take a trip. Uh, I have right. to get a boat. I have to get a boat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we definitely trick ourselves um, to thinking the things that we need with it, with any decision. And, and, you know, this is not anything new or rocket science. You know, we all buy on emotion and then try to, you know, justify it with logic. 
you know, and, and so, oh yeah, I had to have the boat. And then because we were going out on a vacation and it was cheaper to buy the boat than rent the boat, you know, right. I mean, right. whatever, whatever they came up with to do that. We definitely, we, we need to stop that because that's the worst thing that we can do. And I think um, that's why this conversation is so fantastic because we're both that, you know, that here's the number side and here's the creative ways to get out of the trouble. And um, I think that listeners, you know, they need to, they need to hear this that savings conversation that you had, nobody's doing that. If yeah. they're making a hundred thousand, they're spending 120. If they're right. making 300,000, they're spending 400, you know, and they're not saving for that time. Um, so it's, it becomes a balance. What do you think about the tricks we tell ourselves? So like when we say, oh, it's automatically taken out. So I don't spend it right to go right. into the savings. What do you think of those kind of strategies? I love them. Um, personally, I love them. I, you know, I have like seven savings accounts uh, that money just comes out of each one, you know, and I started small when I was working my way back out of debt, <laughs> even though I was a CPA making a lot of money, I still created lots of debt, right? So I started small, 20 bucks a week, every week, going to a different account. Then it became 50, then it became a hundred. And so mm. it was just like, oh yeah, a hundred bucks came out. Oh, 50. it didn't hurt. And yeah. it just, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I've got 50,000 in that account. That's pretty cool. Right. And it, it, it and you, so for me, it's baby steps. If you keep waiting for that moment to save, Oh, I'm going to get the bonus. Oh, I'm going to get a big refund. Oh, you're not, <laughs> it's right. not going to happen. Just start, start small, five bucks, 10 bucks. But I do like those because it goes back to that comfort level. If you've got a main bank account and your comfort level is 5,000 bucks, as soon as there's 10,000 bucks in it, you feel like, oh, I can spend that. That's extra money. Yay. <laughs> and boom, it's gone. So if you just remove it from that account that you're always looking at to find your comfort and start putting in these other accounts, it actually starts to feel really good. Um, mm. it, it's, I have an actress client of mine who's a good friend who a couple of years ago broke. Uh, everything was terribly bad. Uh, got a couple of hit TV shows made a couple $300,000. We worked out everything and she stuck to the plan. And I was talking to her, this is only two years, talking to her um, the other day. And she's like, Bob, I have $250,000 for a down payment on a house. All my debt is completely gone. I have no debt. And what we did was like her family was coming to town to celebrate that she'd gotten this TV show. I said, great. You only get to spend $5,000 on them. Like, that's it. Cause she was like going to buy everybody hotel rooms and fly. I'm like, here's your budget. That's what you work with. You don't get any more, but I know. And so now she looks at all of her accounts and she's like, oh my God, I have $30,000 to pay my taxes. It's right over here. And she, she just <laughs> really followed it to the T and she stuck to the plan. And it's, it's amazing when I get to hear those success stories. How do you, how do you get people to stick to those strategies? I mean, you know, we can lay out the best laid plans, but you can't make a horse drink the water. You can take them there, but they can't drink it. You know, you can't force them. How do you do that? Well, you know, there's different ways. So there's the tricking yourself. There's the putting the money in the savings, those kinds of things. Um, with her, you know, initially she would say, I don't know how to do any of this. So whatever you tell me, that's the, that's the law. So then she calls me up. She's like, oh, I want to get a two bedroom apartment. I'm like, no, you absolutely can't have it. Yeah, but I, no. You can get it in a year if you do this, this, and this. So she was comfortable letting <sighs> you right. tell her what to do. Um, what about yeah. those that don't have that person that will tell them? Is there is there any kind of program or 
or things well, that they I, can do to help help you know besides friends accountabilities well accountability is a big part is is doing that i do have some of my clients i ask them to check in with me once a month to give me updates where are you what's changed um are you saving as much as we talked about are you keeping your spending under control like those kinds of things. So just to check in even with me, because a lot of times when I do workshops, a lot of times when I do like a, a series where it's like 12 weeks, a lot of times people will stop spending money because they don't want to tell me on the third week that they spent money. And so just by the nature of not wanting to say I spent the money, they start, they start saving money. They're like, oh my God, I have more money at the end of the workshop. So it is really important, I think, to have accountability. Um, and I get people to write out their plans. I like people to... Um, initially write out, um, I call, I, you know, I have a book called Book of Dreams and in it, I've got my goals. I've got short-term, what I want to accomplish in the next six months. I've got midterm, what I want to accomplish in the next six months to two years and then long-term. And so I, I list those out. And then initially I encourage people every couple of weeks to go in and readjust it. Maybe you said you wanted to learn French, but it just was sounded cool. Or you wanted to buy a really nice house because your parents were uh, shaming you for not uh, buying any real estate. And so you and to really check in with, oh, is that what I want? Or wait, that's what my parents want. Or I'm doing this so my friends will think better of me and really get clear about what do I want and then keep adjusting that so that, and then as you spend money and save money, oh, that's right, these are my goals. I love putting uh, post-it notes uh, all over the house, um, whether I'm trying to lose You're 10 one of pounds. those guys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you pull up, I pulled up next to a guy years ago in a car at the stoplight and I looked over, he literally had his car paid, pasted inside with all these post-it notes. So I can imagine that to you, right? That's, well, that's a little overkill. I, don't, I try to keep it simple, <laughs> but you know, I really try to keep things on my radar um, and I really try to get people into a routine. Um, mm. so that, you know what, on Sundays you sit or Mondays, sit and look at your numbers. How did I do last week? Um, when we get to the weekend, oh, it's Friday. Let me take, uh, all the money out of my wallet and only leave 50 bucks in. So when I go out and party, I only get to spend 50 bucks or, right. or when I go to Vegas, I get a hundred dollars on the slot. Now I don't even like to put the money in the slot machines because uh. I want to keep it. I'd rather go to the shows, <laughs> but, but setting up boundaries for yourself. And, and then sticking to them. Um, and then, you know, I, I do check in with all of my peeps, you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? How's it going? Uh, so that they feel accountable. Mm, I think that's so important, setting boundaries. And, and I love your book of dreams. That's, that's your business plan. If you're in business, that's your personal plan. If you're, yeah. if you're not in business, but I mean, that's where you start to do things. And then, then it makes sense where that money goes, how you, how you allocate it. It says, oh, um, I may not want to buy these new shoes today because I'm saving for a house right. or I've got this trip coming up that I want to do. So I'm, oh my gosh, I'm paying for my vacation before I go. <gasps> what a, what a, what a concept. concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for people that do affirmations or like to meditate in the morning, just put that book of dreams over by your little altar or on the floor by a pillow so that it's just consciously, oh, that's right. I have these dreams and goals. Um, yes. I coach to the same thing. That business plan is not created in, in December and put up on the shelf. It's got prime real estate on your desk. So right. you can go back to it. Every decision you make is based on what you've created in that plan. And that's the same way. 
it's the same methods that we're using here to make good financial decisions. And we know that these decisions can be hard in the beginning, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the opposite side of looking into your bank account, you know, uh, next year and finding 20 or 30 or $50,000 in there because you mindlessly took it out. There's, there's a silver lining. There's definitely a silver lining. Absolutely. And one of the things I would encourage people to do when you write your lists out is to actually write them out. Don't type them. Don't dictate them into a phone. Literally write them out. There is scientific proof that there is a connection between the brain and the writing and, and, and you're connecting with these specific things so that they actually integrate into your system. So it's so important in my, my belief system to really write things out. And I have lots of handwritten lists and I scratch and I add and I change and then I tear it up and I rewrite it. And <laughs> when, the, when I take a couple things off that sounded cool that aren't gonna happen. Um, and, and then I think the other important thing is so many people in this day and age want to go from A to Z and fast, fast. quickest path to cash, right? The, the, the shortest cut that you could possibly make. Let's start the building on the 10th floor instead of the first floor. <laughs> That's right. Got to build foundation. So it, it's like, just get to B, just get to C. Um, and, 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 and it's more manageable. Then you're not overwhelmed. Then you're not shaming yourself or disappointing yourself. And, and I would say for anybody that's starting to consciously look at their money, um, there's no shame in all of it. It's thank you. get curious. Isn't that interesting? I love to overdraw my bank account. Isn't that interesting? I love credit card debt. Wow. I'm so curious about that. Rather than you're just like your parents said you would be, you're just like your brother. You just like your ex, right? So mm. non-shaming. Changing, changing the language that, that you say to yourself, that's yeah. powerful yeah. because we do, we've got the little angel over here and the little devil over there. The angel says, no, don't put the, don't charge that. And the devil goes, yeah, you could pay it off later. It's only dinner, you know, and yeah. um, it's, it's for business. So I'm going to go out and you start justifying that. I like the way you, you say that talk right to yourself. Hey, yeah. if I do this, what is my plan to pay it off? and then stick to it. Yeah. Make it fun too. go into your bank accounts and talk to your money, open up your wallet, talk to your money. Hey guys, talk to your friends, bring more of you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, right. Just don't make it. So all about conflict and all about negativity and all of, you know, a lot of people, when you say money conversation, they mean, they think you mean have a fight. Right. Right. I used to say it's a budget, not a diet. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it is a, a history of what you've spent in the past and a forecast of what you plan to spend next time. And that's all a budget is. And it's saying, how close did I come to it? Yeah. You know, how can I stay on track for what I wanted to do? It's not, it shouldn't be a punishment. And I love that. Um, I can't remember what the, the Japanese um, philosophy is around money where they say, you have to love spending and have that good energy. I literally, a, a girlfriend gave me a bunch of little sticky hearts that I put on my credit card. I love spending, this is bad. I love spending money on my credit card because it's gonna come back to me in, in, in throbes, you know? And yeah. I'm gonna have more of it to spend and give and support the world as well as myself. So it's kind of that energetically thing around money. And we have to get out of that bad stuff that, you know, 
money's bad and you know it doesn't do good and it's evil and it's it's a tool it's a tool money does a lot of amazing things and there doesn't need to be shame about spending um and there doesn't need to be shame if you overspend it's really about let's get curious and decide if we want to do it differently in other words if you're totally happy overspending and having the debt then there's nothing to change I think we're happy overspending. We're not happy when we have to pay the debt and when exactly. it takes 10 years to pay off the dinner you had um, on the credit card because there's interest on top of interest on top of interest on top of interest. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I, a lot of times people say to me, well, look, I'm in my 40s or 50s. It's too late, right? <laughs> um, I can't get started. And for me, the question is, no matter what age you are, why wait? Like, it's time. Like it's yeah. time to get started and it doesn't matter if you're late to the party, you're at the party. Mm -hmm. Let's like, it's, it's never too late. I agree. And I think, I think the older you get, the more important it is. And you don't have the leverage of compounding interest to get you there. Um, the, the whole methodology of starting early is you put something in and it grows on itself over time, compounding yeah. interest. But if you're 50, 55 and you're, you're, you're trying to start saving now, you, it has, you have to put more money in to get it to work. However, anything is going to be helpful because our time longevity, right? We've, we're all living longer. We may have to work longer. The last thing I want my clients to do, and I used to say this when I was in financial planning, my clients will never have to say, welcome to Walmart, right? When you see right. the greeters in the, in the entryway that are working because they have to. Yeah. And here's the thing. It, we don't all have to be multimillionaires. We don't need to be generating $2 million a year. I have a client who I just love dearly. She's retired. Um, she was a teacher living on a very limited income. But she started with me 10 years ago. And we budget out. We figure out what she's going to owe in tax. We figure out how much to put in savings. Now, as long as she doesn't go out and, you know. Paint the town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Paint the town red and blue and green. Um, as long as she stays conscious about her spending, she's set. Now, does she get to go fly to Paris every year? No. But is she happy and content and satisfied with her life and her friends and her life experience? Absolutely. And she is very conscious of, I'm on limited income. It doesn't mean I have a limited life. Mm -hmm. And so, but she's just, she makes choices. She calls me up and says, can I do this? What do you think about this? Will this take me forward or set me back? And, mm, and so I love that, <clears throat> that even though some people would say, oh, she's older, why do you even waste your time with her? You could get a client that would pay you a lot more money because I give her a discount, right? Because I just love that she's committed to staying conscious. You know, and, and I think that's it. It's, it's not, you don't have to be a millionaire. You have to understand, I have this amount of income coming in and I can't spend any more than that. Right. So whatever my income is, that's my lifestyle. And if yeah. you want a nicer lifestyle, you have to bring in more income. Right. And, and it's really is a simplified process to it. But we, we, we want to, we want to pull up at, you know, we both live in Southern California, you know, you pull up at the stoplight, you look over and there's, you know, all these new cars and this guy yeah. spent a hundred thousand on that. I, I jokingly say that we live in the land of pretend. We've got credit card watches. We've got um, our, our house is mortgaged to the hilt. Our yeah. wives are all made up, you know, and yeah. um, 
we're $50,000 millionaires because we look right. like we live the million dollar lifestyle, but we have really $50,000 in the bank, you know, not much. Absolutely. I think many of us live beyond our means. And, you know, one of the things that I feel is so missing currently is understanding delayed gratification. We have to have it instantly. And there's a great uh, Stanford marshmallow study um, on delayed gratification that was done where they traced the history of these people that did the study, five and six-year-olds, if you wait an hour, you get two marshmallows or you can eat the marshmallow now. And they were able to measure the success into their adulthood and that those mm. that learn to experience delayed gratification were much more financially and in all other aspects of their lives, much more successful than those that had to have it now. Wow. I like that idea. And it is true. It's that vacation thing. You know, the vacation is so much more enjoyable. Trust me, I've done it both ways. If you pay for it before you get there, you've saved up the money that you're going to spend on the vacation yeah. rather than going on the vacation and paying for it for the next year or more, you know, for, for the thing. That $5,000 vacation that I put on the credit card ended up costing me 10000 <laughs> Or more. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because because you you paid for it afterwards but i love the idea of plus it gets the excitement going you know yeah, and i think we should be excited about our money yeah you know it is a fantastic tool that can do so much for you your family your charities the people around you you know the clients that you're working with that's a great tool and if we love on it and we give it the best that we can the best energy the best guidance we nurture it, we do all the things that it can do, it's gonna come back to us in a fantastic manner. Absolutely, and I think, you know, one of the things for me is, you know, people will say, well, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's the love of money, not money itself. And mm -hmm. if you're so focused on making that next dollar that you uh, ignore your family, or that you don't um, actually have any relationships with people in the world because you're so busy climbing on top of everybody, like it's not going to end well, right? Mm, it's just not going to end so well. True. And and so it's it's great to have these goals of this is what I want in life. But it's for me, it's also important to have uh, amazing experience, life experience, travel, connection with family and friends, experiences. That's mm. what we remember, not how much it cost or how much we made. Um, and I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a gravestone that has the amount of money that they died with. Because they win. <laughs> you can't take it with you. You can't. You so can't. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's about life. Great point. And it is, it is so true. So I'm so happy that you are with me today, Bob. This has been a really good conversation. Um, where can listeners find out more about you and your book? Absolutely. So my website is themoneynerve.com and that's nerve, not nerd. Um, I am a nerd, but uh, themoneynerve.com and you can find the book. We have an online course called Mastering the Emotions of Money that takes people through a 12-week course of tracing your history, um, working out budgets and setting up goals and, and learning to align with those in your conscious decision-making. Um, we explore the importance of words um, and really explore that undervoice. Um, so that's a great place to find me. That's also the place where you can find my Money You Should Ask podcast, where we interview people that share their own personal experiences about their money journey um, from all walks of life. Wow. 
Fantastic. So three really impactful places that you can go to learn more about your money, gain control over it so you can make great financial decisions because money makes the world go around and it's a good thing. I know I'm loving these little coins that I'm pulling out of thin air, right? And, and, but you really have to be in control over it. So awesome. You do. You You do. All right, listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. This is, this is the perfect foundation for it. So considering what's happened over the past year or more now, uh, it's more important now than ever to create your own profit plan uh, so that you too can have a thriving profit business. To help my listeners further, I've put together six powerful tips that you can use right now in your business to change and increase your profitability. Go check that out on my website at trajectorybiz.com. As always, we'd love to hear your questions, feedback, or even ideas for future shows. Please subscribe and comment on today's podcast. Ring that bell so you can get uh, notified for next week when the, when the next podcast comes out. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Bob. Thanks so much.